from the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy! Hello and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Sarah Foss and I'm joined today by the host of the other great <laughs> podcast, this is Jeopardy! Buzzy Cohen. Thank you, Sarah. Yes, I'm now like a podcaster. Yeah, you are. It's like, I mean, you've got two pods under your belt. I know. I was like, everyone has a podcast. How can I do better? I'm going to have two podcasts. Yeah. And two incredible podcasts, might Well, anything I say... that has to do with Jeopardy! is incredible, but well, I am true. very proud of both of these podcasts, Inside Jeopardy! And this is Jeopardy. I did a Reddit AMA last week, and I mentioned that I really like how on Inside Jeopardy we get to talk about what's going on now, what's going on in the future, and on This is Jeopardy, we get to look back on how we got here. And so it's like each one helps me with the other one because I think since I started working on This is Jeopardy, I've been able to bring more of that information to bear on our current events of the show. Yes, and in your first episode, yes. you took us back to the beginning so much fun to yeah. hear from all of those of us who have heard the stories, mm-hmm. you know, the legends, how it all came to be, and to hear from Mary Eubanks, how the cool first is that? Jeopardy champion in the 60s, to hear her talk about how she was <laughs> ironing in one hand yes. you know, her husband's shirts and getting the call to be on Jeopardy at the same time. I mean, The call is the call. The call I mean, the nobody call. ever forgets the call. No, that was so special. And I mean, there's just more to come. I'm just so proud of it. And I was very flattered. We've heard, had an incredible response in the last five days to this, including, you know, Harry Friedman, Sarah's mom. Yes. My dad said I talked too fast. Big Susie was. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said I talked too fast because he's 73 and I need to slow down. I didn't tell him that you can play podcasts at like half speed if you need to. But anyway, also, also, no less than Claire McNear, Whoa. who wrote literally the book on Jeopardy, tweeted out that there were new nuggets that she did not know. So it just goes to show there is something for everyone, whether you are a huge fan of the show, which I assume you are if you're listening to this podcast, or not. But there's always more to learn, and it's been fun to uncover it. For those of us who get to listen and learn along with you, thank you. Even those of us on the show, we're learning as well, and I think that's the sign of something that is well done well-produced, well-researched, and well-hosted, Buzzy. Oh, thank you. Well, well I just want to say to all of our listeners out there, if you missed the AMA, you can always send your questions here to insidejeopardypodcast at gmail.com, and Sarah or myself will try to answer them. Yes, you're not limited. If you missed it, Buzzy will still reveal everything that's in his head. Just send it right here yeah. to us. Yeah. Well, as if the podcast wasn't enough, we are just one week away from the airing of Jeopardy! Masters. Mm. And we have a little something special in the works for our Inside Jeopardy! listeners, so more to come on that. As you may know, last week on the pod, we said we were just one day away from shooting the final episodes of Masters. Uh, We had a production challenge, if you will, and we did have to postpone those tape days. So now we are once again... One day away. We're going to do it tomorrow. It's Groundhog Day here on Inside Jeopardy. Every <laughs> Monday, Just we're just going to play the same music. We're going to talk about how tomorrow we are taping the final two episodes of Master. I hope not, actually, because I really want to see what happens. Yes. Well, actually, the show must go on <laughs> is no more accurate than it is right now because our turnaround for post-production and when we need to get these shows on the air... It has to happen tomorrow, and it will happen tomorrow. Everything is going to be perfect, and we're going to produce more 
awesome television that you will be able to see starting May 8th on ABC. And it's a busy week of Masters. So the show debuts on May 8th. It airs again on May 9th. On May 10th, not only do you get to watch Masters, but right after that at 9 p.m., you get to see a celebrity Wheel of Fortune where, get this, Vanna White goes up against Ken Jennings and Mayim Bialik. Wow. Yes. That is a real Sony... A little that's, Sony synergy right exactly, there. That's a breezeway battle. And, you know, many people have been <laughs> a breezeway battle. For those of you that haven't been on the lot, our two stages are divided by a space we call the breezeway. So nice there. A little Thank alliteration, you. a little breezeway yeah. battle. Yeah, yeah. Subway you know, series, people are putting battle. in their, um, their bets. You know, some people saying, hey, no one has watched more Wheel of Fortune than Vanna White. That's true. So you would think no one knows the game better and is better prepared to win. Then you have Ken Jennings, lifelong game show fan. And also extremely strong in wordplay. I got to hand it to Ken. Like of all the things that he, of all the other games, I could see him dominating on like the kind of wordplay, whether it's this or lingo or something like that. Like that's where Ken just absolutely shines. And then you have Maya Bialik, who I think is probably the most comfortable being on television, spent her whole life on television and has had so many different you know, interests and areas of expertise that who knows what she's going to come up with. So it's going to be good. You can tune into that on May 10th. And then as if you haven't had enough, at 10 p.m., the game show show. The game show show. It's a four-part docu-series all about game shows, quiz shows, reality shows. And the first episode is titled The Answer Is... So you can only imagine the Jeopardy hmm. will be featured as well. So I think I got interviewed for that. Is that possible? It's totally possible. I think I was interviewed for okay. this. I know it sounds like I should know this, but it was months ago. These things take a I while. Know. Well, guess what? I did too. <laughs> so let's see if either of us make, made it. Made let's it. see if we made it into the <laughs> final cut. Just because you're interviewed doesn't mean that you make it onto the show. I'd like to place a friendly bet that we'll oh, both get Let's do it. No? Let's do a bet. Okay. Let's do a bet. What do you? Uh, um, how about... How are we going to do this? Yes. Do you think you made it or do you think you didn't? I just don't know. I have actually told my friends at Jeopardy, this is the first thing that I went out and did that I have no control over. Mm. You know, when I was delivering clues, anything I've done, like I kind of get to see what makes it onto the show. Whereas in this case, we did the interview, the footage went out into the universe and who knows what will happen. How about I, you? I think I did mine like remotely. Is that possible? It's possible. I can't remember. I definitely remember doing it. I remember talking to someone, and um, I don't think I made the cut. I'm just getting that feeling Okay. now that we're talking about it. Okay. I feel like they probably would have followed up with me or something like that, right? I'm nervous for both of us. I'm nervous for both of us. Of course I want to be in it. I wanted to say something so pithy and wise that it would end up like kind of being the crux of the episode, but I don't think it's going to happen. I do want to say what an amazing night of television. Yes. Just get your popcorn, get your soda. Pull up a chair and enjoy Wednesday, May 10th, because anyone who loves Jeopardy, Wheel, game shows, you're going to be entertained. You'll have a new episode of This is Jeopardy come out in the morning and then roll right into three hours of Incredible. And then Masters will air again that Friday, May 12th. And then we head into the next week and we kind of fall into a Monday through Wednesday pattern. Love it. So we'll have Monday through Wednesday, the 15th through 17th. We'll come back and we'll do the semifinals and the final, the 22nd through 24th. It's only three weeks, Masters. You're going to want more, but it's only three weeks. Well, in honor of us taping the rest of Masters tomorrow, I actually wore a tie that one of our contestants also wore during 
those first couple of Masters shows that taped. And I would love our listeners to, once you get mm-hmm. to watch Masters, try to guess which tie I'm wearing today on the pod. I can't. You can't place it. I can't can place you? it quite yet, but I don't I will. even want to describe it. I just want people to okay. see our contestants up All there right. and say that looks like a tie Buzzy would wear. I like it. Well, you know, we have Masters, yep. obviously made up of, I would say, some of our super champions or certainly some of our most stellar champions. And so I came across a Reddit thread that was pretty interesting in mm-hmm. terms of the future of the super champs. Yeah. Basically, to sum it up, that, you know, given this recent rise in super champions and Masters, it's clear that contestants are they're doing more specialized preparation to get on the show than in previous years. Yes. And that you know, perhaps you can train so much to get that Coriat score that you've heard so much about, you know, now averaging maybe it was 32,000 and you could train and get it over to 35,000. So mathematically, will a few years of preparation to become the next Holtzauer actually happen? Can you just really get in there and study to become a super champ? Can you actually do it, would you say? Are you are you asking? Well, me? I know you can, but no, is no. there a way to really just like, I think so. train like an athlete to become? A I think super so. Champion? I believe so. Yes, I believe so. And I've on this podcast said, and Michael Davies somewhat disagrees with me, but I think a lot of the rise of the super champ is that there is more material and guidance out there to help people do that kind of preparation before the proliferation of things like J Archive or even we talked about uh, the buzzer blog, you know, player preparation guides, but there's a whisper network. You know, we ta- we've talked about the bar trivia network. You might meet somebody who was on the show before and get some tips from them. Um, there are interviews with people like me and James and Amy and lots of people who have been very successful, more successful than I have on the show, where they talk <laughs> about the kinds of things that they do to prepare. And so I think there's more resources out there. And I think to me, that is the big difference, and I do think we're going to see more super champs because I forget who I – I think it was with Claire McNear. She interviewed me for The Ringer about the rise of the super champ. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is like we're at this point where, you know, for a long time tennis was a hobby for people, and they would go on the weekend and play tennis. You know, there would be tournaments and prizes, and at some point someone was kind of the first professional tennis player, Right. right. And they were training, they were practicing, they were working on getting better beyond just, I'm going to go play tennis again because I enjoy it. And I'm sure that that was a huge shift where you had people in these tournaments who were casual hobbyist tennis players and you had people who were five days a week improving their game. And I think that we're in that transition moment right now is what I'm feeling. I don't know that Jeopardy is going to become all people like that, but I think there are more and more people that are approaching the game that way. What do you see, Sarah? Well, I think it's interesting that, you know, Jeopardy's created five millionaires so far, two of them very early on, Brad Rutter and Ken Jennings. And then we had all these years where that didn't happen again. That level of play didn't happen again. And then we had so many, you know, all out of season 38. So I think it's now become in the forefront of people's minds that you can go on to be very successful in this yeah. show. It's not just win five games, maybe win your TOC and right. go down in history. Now you've got things like Masters, you know, right. bringing in the Jeopardy Invitational next year. You can make a career out of Jeopardy at yes. this point if you are successful. So I think the incentive is greater than ever yeah. before. And for people that love this show and also love knowledge and learning and trivia, there's a new goal of right what you can accomplish and so i think that drives people to find you know the additional study guides and the additional resources out there 
and there's just there's a target that didn't exist before. Sure, and and getting into the kind of league aspect yes. of Jeopardy, where you're continually coming back. I mean, even let's say you don't win Masters or you're in the bottom two of Masters and you drop down, you're still going to come back and play at the JIT. I don't know if it's still called the JIT. Oh yeah, too legit to quit. But there's prize money in that, so it's, I totally agree that this can become more of a uh, lifestyle than just a, a visit. A career. A part-time career as a Jeopardy champion. Oh, sounds good. I like it. Well, all right, you've, Sarah. You've made, well, a, you've made a career for yourself, too, in this world. Let's well, I have two podcasts now and all of the incumbent rights and privileges that go with that. <laughs> but among those are getting to cue the beep-boops and getting into this week's games. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Well, we kicked off the week with Emma Hill Kepron going for her third win up against Anae Tussauds and Dylan Hupp. Dylan came out strong in the Jeopardy round. A small $1,200 daily double, but finished the round with $7,400 in spite of wearing a quarter zip sweater. We also learned in the interview, <laughs> despite that, many a successful champion has succeeded with a quarter That's zip. That's true. Uh, Dylan, we learned, was the captain of his Arkansas Quiz Bowl state championship team. He went his senior year, they won money, and they spent that traveling to the Quiz Bowl Nationals in Chicago, which he then told us they promptly lost badly. But hey, his skills are paying off here on Jeopardy. Yeah, and he continued to play well in the double Jeopardy round, although Emma, a slightly stronger game, uh, Dylan went 9 correct, 2 incorrect, Emma 12 correct, 2 incorrect, but Emma hit those two daily doubles, which in total added $4,500 to her score. And she is in the lead with 14700 just $500 over Dylan going into Final Jeopardy. Hard to imagine that Emma started that round, the Double Jeopardy round, with only $1,800. An ending incredible it run. with over 14000 So that is quite a round for her. Heading into Final Jeopardy, Dylan was the only player to come up with the correct response. Gets that come-from-behind win. Of course, in the post-game chat, he jokes with Ken that 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 quiz bowl, it's finally paying off much more (laughs) than that trip to Chicago. Yes. So Dylan is our champion coming into Tuesday's game facing Ian Marquand and Johanna Stoberach. Yes. And it was Dylan and Johanna who were neck and neck in the Jeopardy round, changing leads multiple times. Heading into double Jeopardy, though, Dylan did take a $2,000 lead. 
I have to say, <laughs> great clue in this category. Sharps and flats for 400. He really gets around, and its project website claims that it's the longest lasting literacy project on the web. Correct response, who is Flat Stanley? If any of you saw this clue and you thought, wow, those two Flat Stanleys are just <laughs> colored so beautifully, well, bragging rights. Yes, my daughters, Taylor and Reagan, did color those for us. I was pretty excited about that. You know, Rocky Schmidt, our supervising producer, did talk about when this clue aired, remembering how many Flat Stanleys that Alex used to receive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so common. People would f send in their Flat Stanleys, and Alex would take pictures with all of them, and we would send them back. So obviously something that continues on today. Well, it was a well-played double Jeopardy round. All three players ended the round with a five-digit score. At one point, Johanna was in third place, but worked her way into first by the end of the round on the strength of a late $3,000 daily double. Another highlight in the round, Ken doing his best Valley mm -hmm. Girl accent. Mm-hmm. Let's see a movie for $800, Ken says. Like, oh my God, Deborah Foreman and Nicolas Cage are totally star-crossed lovers in this iconic 80s flick. You can do a better Valley Girl than that. I was doing Ken's Valley Girl. I know, but I want to hear your Valley Girl. Like, oh my God, Deborah Foreman and Nicolas Cage are totally star-crossed lovers in this iconic 80s flick. That was better. That's what I expected. <laughs> that's what I, I expected to happen. I don't know if I want to be good at that. I don't know it, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's what thing. I expected to happen. And then when it didn't, I was like, felt very unresolved. So thank you for that. What is Valley Girl? What in case Valley you Girl? didn't get it from my great impression. I grew up in Arizona, though, so I was definitely not a Valley Girl. Yeah. It's a desert girl. Okay. Well, it, um, unfortunately... <laughs> Final Jeopardy was a triple stumper, but Johanna was able to wager in such a way, being in first place, that she finished as our winner with $6,999. Hi, I'm Buzzy Cohen. You've heard me on Inside Jeopardy, breaking down stats, analyzing contestant plays, and reviewing key moments from recent games. Well, I'm hosting another Jeopardy podcast, but this one's a little bit different. Think less sports, more history. We'll be taking you on a journey from Jeopardy's beginning in the 1960s through the Alex Trebek years to its current day super champs. For the last 60 years, we've been watching one show. Hear how it all came together on This Is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. Out now from something else, Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV. Moving on to Wednesday, where Johanna went for her second win against Liz Everhart and Jesse Matheny. Very evenly matched Jeopardy round. I love I love a good duke out in the yes. Jeopardy round, isn't Getting it? Getting off to a good start. Yeah. Battling it out evenly. Exactly. Johanna with eight correct responses. Liz with eight correct responses. Jesse with nine correct responses. Jesse finishing just in the lead with 4200 in spite of missing that $1,200 daily double. Well, it was another great round in double jeopardy. Six lead changes. All three players held the lead at some point in the round. Johanna finished with the lead, but only $1,200 separated first from third place in this round. I do want to bring up a clue we were so excited about in double jeopardy. Comedians for 800. April 26th, 2023 is the 90th birthday of this mm. funny lady, whose Saturday Night Live skits included Rancid Harvest and Went with the Wind. No one knew the correct response. Ken even did the ear tug. Yes. This was, of course, Carol Burnett. They had a special for her last week, 90 Years of Laughter and Love. It aired the same night as our clue. We shared this with the NBC team who was putting together the special. 
and they actually wrote back and said, sure hope they got it right. And we couldn't bear to tell them. Actually, they didn't, but no less love for Carol Burnett. I don't know if you saw any of the interviews with her with this special. She is just 90 years young. She's truly an icon, one of my favorite comedians of all time. Um, Final Jeopardy, another triple stumper, another low score. This time, Jesse wins with 2,600. So Jesse can hold his head high knowing that he (laughs) won the most money on the Alex Trebek stage for that game. Yes. All right. Well, we're heading into Thursday. Jesse returning as the champion to face Rebecca Bailey and Eric Anderson. Eric could not quite find his stride, finishing the Jeopardy round with zero dollars. Jesse and Rebecca extremely close, just $200 between them. I really could relate to Rebecca in the interview. She said that her daughter did not want to go on the show because when she first started watching Jeopardy, it was during Madame Modio's run. <laughs> and then she saw Amy's run, and her daughter was afraid that Rebecca would have to stay for a very long time. So she wasn't sure she wanted her mom to be a Jeopardy champion. That's like the sweetest right? thing. I want to take my headphones off and go hug my kids right now hearing that. Well, you can be happy knowing that Rebecca didn't win. So her <laughs> daughter did not have to suffer any sadness from having mom gone too long. Spoiler alert, we're st- we haven't even got... All right, All right. Head, take us into the to double, the double Jeopardy, Jeopardy I'll take you into the double, take Jeopardy, us into the double Jeopardy round. I'll take you there. Jesse hitting both daily doubles couldn't convert either one. So Rebecca is in the lead, but Eric staged a bit of a comeback, finishing the round just $3,000 behind Rebecca. And in final Jeopardy, if I may, Eric is the only one who is correct, and that launches him to a Jeopardy win, Eric Anderson is the new Jeopardy champion. All right, he heads into Friday after that come-from-behind victory, going up against Catherine Cohen and Kevin Bell. That's right, Whiskey Ginger. We learned (laughs) in the interview that Kevin's drag alter ego name is Whiskey Ginger. He tells us Whiskey Ginger is a spicy redhead, and he actually hosts online trivia as Whiskey Ginger. Ken, of course, joked that his drag name could be Della Double. Oh my gosh. Well, Kevin certainly brought some of that whiskey and ginger heat to the (laughs) Jeopardy round. 12 correct responses, no incorrect responses, 80% buzzer percentage. I like those numbers. I got to say, finishing the Jeopardy round with 6,800, Eric and Catherine still very much in there duking it out with 2,400, 2,800. Yeah. And in Double Jeopardy, Kevin continued that strong play ending the round with a lead, but Catherine worked her way into contention with the help of a big $4,000 daily double late in the round. It wouldn't be this week of Jeopardy if there was not another triple stumper in final. Ugh, we hate to see it, actually. So as a result, Kevin preserved his lead with that minimal wager, Mm -hmm. and Ken Jennings took the blame for this one. He said that the final Jeopardy clue was actually inspired by him. The category U.S. Landmarks, the clue in April 1975 to symbolize the start of America's bicentennial, President Ford lit a third lantern at this landmark. So the correct response is the Old North Church. Ken had visited it recently and thought, oh, there's a third lantern. That could be a cool final Jeopardy clue. He joked that he was now thinking it may have been too hard and he should have just kept his thoughts to himself. I love the idea that Ken is out there as sort of a Jeopardy slash Yule Hauser character <laughs> collecting interesting facts uh, to bring to the show. Well, he certainly did. Best intentions on Ken's part. This was a unique day for us. It was the last tape day mm. of Rocky Schmid, our supervising producer, who's been with the show for 38 years 
seasons. That's incredible. He was a Jeopardy champion, for those of you that don't know that. And Alex Trebek saw something in him after his Jeopardy run, and he started working with Alex and ended up making his way to a very successful career on Jeopardy. He was a lawyer by trade, something that often came in handy as a producer on Jeopardy. I certainly had Rocky in my career from the very beginning. He was part of the initial clue crew searches. I remember meeting him, you know, over 22 years ago. So to think that it was the end of a huge era for him, this was a unique day. I'm happy to say that Rocky, you know, is still staying on with the show as a consultant. So we haven't lost touch with Rocky. He's still contributing in many different ways. And, you know, he was ready to start stepping away after such a long career. He has a fabulous partner and they're looking to enjoy a little more freedom that, you know, 38 (laughs) years with Jeopardy shooting 46 weeks of original shows every year does not allow you. And I still talk to him very often and (laughs) he is very much in the know and helping out in a lot of things about this show. Yeah, I got to say the entire Jeopardy staff is filled with incredible people and Rocky for me at least, has been one of those stars, you know, really a special person and a really, I think, a big part of what has made the show feel so amazing for so long, clearly. Yes, and his relationship with Alex was such a special one. You know, Alex considered him one of his best friends. Alex and Gene were at Rocky's wedding in a tiny town in North Dakota in the middle of winter. They made the trek. Uh, Gene Trebek actually officiated at Rocky's wedding. And Rocky was one of the few people that was with Alex when he passed, actually. So it's just, you know, a relationship that I think we're all so grateful for to have worked with Rocky, to have a friendship with Rocky. It's not going to go away. It's continuing on. But we just wanted to acknowledge that here on the podcast. Obviously, you know, people are going to notice that that change has been made. And we wanted to kind of address it here on Inside Jeopardy. Well, thank you for that, Sarah. That is it for our game recaps. Five games, five champions. Congrats to Kevin Bell, a.k.a. Whiskey Ginger, who gets to spend the weekend as a Jeopardy champion. What a way to spend a weekend. All right, let's take some viewer questions. Robert asks, could a contestant write out the phonetic spelling of a word if they didn't know how to spell that word in Final Jeopardy and were afraid of adding in an extra syllable or changing the pronunciation with their spelling? Yes, and we often say we do not count for spelling unless it changes the phonetic pronunciation of the word. So in that case, yes, that's a safe way to write your Final Jeopardy response if you know phonetically how that word should sound. Okay, and Sarah asks, I was wondering what would happen if there's a multi-day champion during the UK's J run? Might this person or people Mm. be potentially offered a spot in the next tournament of champions? Guessing they'd be at a disadvantage if they didn't know much US trivia, but the idea of a non-American champ seemed kind of cool to me. Well, Sarah, I wish I had an exact answer for you. Michael Davies is not here on the pod today, but we know you never know what he is going to come up with. (laughs) That's the one thing we do know. Obviously, Ike Barinholtz, our Celebrity Jeopardy champion, has been added to the TOC roster, something that had never happened before. So who knows? Who knows if a UK champ could make their way to the US TOC? Uh, Really excited for that version of Jeopardy to debut. There's also an Australian version that's in the works. So we've got to see how it unfolds. I like what you're thinking, Sarah. 
and uh, we'll have to see what MPD thinks about that. Yeah, I'm excited to see how, uh, what Stephen Fry yes. brings to the host's lectern. Yes, he came actually yeah. to Jeopardy this past season and he sat in the control room. He was fascinated by it all. He's a big fan of the show. It was so fun to have a presence like yeah. that on the Alex Trebek stage. So we're excited to see him take the reins as host. Well, that's it for today's show. Be sure to tune in this Wednesday for another episode of This is Jeopardy. And as always, join us here on Monday for more gameplay discussion. And we may have a special Jeopardy Masters announcement for our Inside Jeopardy listeners, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, and follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on TikTok. And please send us your questions to InsideJeopardyPodcast at gmail.com. See you next week. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.